Weekly update of the dollar index, gold, Bitcoin, crude oil, and a variety of other things, whatever I can think of to help out with outside markets relative to interest rates, bonds, economy, and the stock market. I'm Rich Positive at Critical Point. It is 1.16 p.m. Eastern Time, February 29th. You're looking at the weekly chart of the U.S. dollar index, level one top. Okay, that's the trend, the business cycle, sell, buy. Okay. Now they're selling into a level two bottom, and this may mean that we're in a larger uptrend into summer for the dollar index, but we'll see how much it actually drops and how does it behave going into this bottom. We may see that the level two top is going to be actually lower as it just slowly erodes into a level one bottom later. Okay, so that's the dollar forecast. And now what I want to do is switch to the monthly. And so this is the monthly chart of the dollar. This blue line is the stock market. And you can see that sometimes the stock market likes a stronger dollar. Sometimes it does not. And it can go the other way where it likes a weak dollar. And sometimes it does not. And I'm probably going to eventually change this chart back to just showing interest rates or maybe show both. Um, obviously, interest rates are important to the entire currency markets, okay? All right, um, what we have is major long-term top and perhaps even a super cycle top. Still questionable, I don't want to get too excited about that. At least we know there was an LT3 minor long-term top. This is a minor long-term bottom, had the bull market, and we can see why they were buying the dollar because of COVID, money printing, pumping the stock market higher. So you had global investors coming in buying the dollar, thinking it might be safer than being in their own country's investments or currencies in the sense of COVID and global recession and whatnot but also that there might be some decent bargains there uh, with the U.S. perhaps moving up better than any other country uh, for the stock market. Since then, they have worked their way out and backed off. They don't need to buy the dollar so much anymore, and we're back to kind of normal traders. And you can see the bears really haven't accomplished much, neither than the, has the bulls, okay? So this has turned into a very short-term trader's market of how they're dealing with higher interest rates, inflation, over the economy, geopolitical events. And there doesn't seem a reason for anyone to want to unload the dollar. Um, they're not going to bet on uh, that that ought to be lower inflation. Um, and they don't seem to want to bet on the idea they're going to get higher interest rates in the future. And doesn't seem that they're that nervous about the world blowing up either. At any rate, uh, this is minor long-term bottom. And so the trend should be up into a minor long-term top that does not have to occur until late this uh this uh, year uh, into well into next year and then should actually work lower into the next LT3 bottom, possibly an LT2 and maybe even a major LT1. So I'm thinking we got a chance for the dollar actually road over time down into that bottom. But if it's only LT3s and maybe a little bit if it's an LT2 uh, only, it doesn't have to road much at all. So I'm leaning more towards range trade for the dollar for quite some time, as in all of this year. Uh, with the idea it's probably limited to about the 107 area for upside. It's probably limited to downside at about 100. But if we were to take out the 2023 bottom and trade under 100, uh, I think that we... Um, should, if it does that this year, we should consider that idea that the dollar index can be lower next year as well into these other cyclical uh, bottoms in terms of how supply demand works in the 
for the currencies versus the dollar within this dollar index. So another thing to think about if this dollar index isn't going to accomplish all that much here in the future uh, for this year, that may be a sign that uh, that really the it's going to be difficult to use the dollar index as a clue for your individual uh, currencies. And then again, maybe the whole world is just kind of stuck that everybody's just going to do the same thing and they're all moving sideways for a while. I don't see anything positive or negative coming out of the dollar index for the stock market forecast, by the way, and neither for uh, interest rates. So a weekly chart of gold, and this is actually the futures. So it may look a little bit different if you're dealing with uh, cash gold. Uh, but at any rate, think of level one bottoms in place. There was your supply and demand. Really didn't accomplish much of anything. There was a lesser important supply and demand, but unusually volatile. But we found past occurrences, so we're leaving the label the same. They really got too bulled up here and kind of paid the price of just stalling out into this more important top. And this is showing us the true value of corn right or of gold right now. This was overdone right in here. Uh, it just should not have been that high, in my opinion. All right. Now, when did level one, however, the market can move higher into a level two top in April. So they can get a bit bold up and they can then pull it back for level two. And then they might be putting gold higher this summer into a level one top, something more important. So, you know, this might be just be consolidation before moving higher to record highs. But I'm not really that bullish. All right. Um, but at any rate, I do think it can try to work higher, maybe grind and maybe choppy and maybe even be sideways into April. But maybe we'll, maybe the bulls will get a pleasant surprise. It's a little bit more brisk. All I can tell you is I'm fairly confident of the direction and the duration and not so confident of how high of a price and what is the news story. Monthly chart of gold. I haven't shown this one for quite a while. Back in this time frame, I set a line saying I can see it going up like that. I can see a line going down like that. And lo and behold, it was that one. I think it worked quite well for direction and duration. Uh, pretty much paralleled to my line, even though I didn't draw that line for downside price targets. And yet, towards the end of this line, it became price targets. any rate, long-term top, long-term bottom. And this should have led to a bear market going out here. And with all this inflation things going on, it actually distorted this long-term. This is a minor long-term bottom. One of the choppiest, sloppiest long-term patterns I've seen, but they get often choppy and sloppy for commodities because commodities are generally an intermediate to short-term trading product or market. any rate, gold can move higher into 2025, okay, and can make record highs. So I need to also move this over here, allowing for record highs, because I think this is a clue. It's going higher into this top. And we were looking for a major long-term top, like a once-a-decade sell signal. And now we have to allow it to extend on into 2025. I think this is going to be a struggle, though. I realize there's people out there who want to go up huge amounts. I just don't think it's there. Nevertheless, I'm a slight bull long-term uh, in terms of driving factors and how high prices. And then I'm just put me down as just plain old bull because of the duration, the pattern, uh, and, and, and trend ought to be up. Bitcoin weekly chart exploding. And I actually had this price level. I can't even remember why I had it. I had this one. Those have been there, I think, more than a year long. And notice how it worked for stalling out here, and it's worked here for backing off just this week. 
that may be meaningless information, okay? And as I'll discuss, there's potential to go higher. In fact, what this market should do is pull back right in this time frame for level two, and it may only pull back a little bit, may pull back a huge amount, I don't particularly care, but it ought to be higher as we look out into April, May, June, into a level one top, and the second of what I think is three opportunities to place a long-term top and look at the volume here. Um, this looks very constructive. Everybody that likes Bitcoin long, they ought to be happy-dappy, and I think there's more time for it to, to work higher. Okay, log chart of Bitcoin, because it has been so massive in price moves from where it originally began a decade or more ago. And major or uh, mid-size long-term down into a mid-size long-term. It's likely moving higher into late this decade, so it could follow our economy bullish forecast. It could follow uh, my bullish forecast for the stock market here. There may be other things I don't realize. I don't have a lot of faith in Bitcoin. I'm really having a fundamental economic connection there. Uh, and I really, even though it can be used as a currency, I don't really look at it as a currency. I think it's just a trader's market, just money chasing money. But over time, I think it can strengthen fundamental connections over time that can be used even more as a currency in business and what transactions and whatever. I think it's here to stay, but I still wonder, is it going to have a 90% crash now or in the next decade or something uh, just one last time before it actually acts like a currency and really doesn't do much of anything, okay? that Because uh, if you look at most currencies, there's some nice trading possibilities there. But most people make a lot of money on currencies actually very leveraged. Otherwise, apparently, it doesn't make as much money as, you know, being in stocks and bonds, apparently. At any rate, uh, maybe someday Bitcoin will do that. At any rate, I'm hearing stories of 150,000. I've heard stories for years now, half a million, a million. They may be all possible. I don't know. Don't care. All right. But I will say that I think uh, by April, we should start looking yet again for another opportunity to top this. Uh, I should have put a label in there. I think I did on my other chart. Uh, that was a top uh, to give it a chance. And I said, if it takes out last month's high, be bullish. And uh, now I think it could be bullish into April, probably more like May, June. Uh, I'll just say June and that. But the point is, it can back off and be bullish yet again into not only late summer, but perhaps all the way to December of this year. It could be an up year. My gut feeling, though, is in the fourth quarter, they're going to start unloading uh, some Bitcoin here. And But it can put a long-term bottom in in 2025. The stock market economy can put a bottom in, so we can have a little twist and turn, a little negativity, only to see by the end of 2025 Everything's bullish right into 2026, and Bitcoin may well do the same thing. Okay, crude oil weekly chart. This is the futures, and now we're going to cash market. Okay, level two, couldn't even pick its head up. It was in a more defined or minimum variation level one business cycle. And even though that's significant and it could see a significant pullback, I don't think so. I think it just seen a level two. It's trying to struggle its way into level two, may even wake up and then pull back for level one. And then it's probably going to rally again. And I think it could be higher by summer. I think it's going to like lag the gasoline market moving higher into the summer uh, driving season. I don't see a major up move. I don't think oil is going over 90 bucks. I don't think it's going over 85, 86 right at the moment. Um, but the point is it can move higher, okay? 
Now, it is starting to get overbought on a weekly chart here. So, again, it may be a struggle. I think it's rather limited. But I just got to give it a chance for a rebound. As at least on the production side of oil, they recognize this fact that everybody's been betting on a recession for two years. They've been wrong, wrong, wrong. More and more people giving up. I think they're just saying the economy's doing well. Why can't we grab a bigger portion of the American pie, get some money out of these consumers? They know they can do it. And they've made tremendous profits here in the past. They're also under pressure, however, as we're going to start converting our, our capitalistic system and free market system over the next few decades, converting to how do we fight inflation without raising interest rates or combine something with raising interest rates to do something better. And that means we need to identify maybe crisis times or an industry that's really taking advantage of people, and we need to go after the big big profits, and whether it's just taxing them, whether it's surcharge-type taxes, can we beat them up in social media, can we educate the consumer how to back away and reduce demand. But we do have a problem that our capitalistic system is running way too well for businesses to have a lot of power, footprint, impact on the markets and economy, and uh, can and know the data, have way too much research of what you and I are doing and spending, okay? And they can seize the moment. Now, the oil market may like to do that, and they have everything in place to do it. I'm not convinced there's as good as some of the other types of businesses, industries in it. But the thing is, we also are producing a lot of oil in this country. The world is producing a lot of oil. Even if they try to make cutbacks through OPEC, it's generally not enough. So even though they'd like to get even greater profits here. I think they're going to have a tough time doing it. And I have little faith of a geopolitical event causing $200 oil, anything like that. I think we can go to World War III and we're not going to have a problem. But granted, something goes out where you can knock out more than one country, knock out a few to several countries production of producing oil, uh, disrupt the global trade so oil can't even move around. That could be a totally new scenario. But best I can tell, there's nothing coming like that to maybe the end of this decade. And it would actually cause deflation, meaning maybe inflation would soar, but everything else is going down, stock market's going down, and pretty soon the oil market's suddenly going to say, wow, is this an end-of-world scenario? That's more like deflation. Boom. The oil come right back down. I love this. I designed this years ago and plopped it in there, and it had worked for me there. It worked for me there. It should get deeper into that someday, maybe down to this LT2. But uh, in the meantime, it is allowed to bounce into an LT3. Now, isn't that interesting? I'm finding a lot of commodities that can bounce into summer. Some may be able to somehow bounce into next year or late this year. But I'm guessing there'll be a lot of down moves along the way, too. I think it's going to be a struggle. And most of the commodities are looking as though they should be down into late this year for an LT2. But they may even extend into uh, not only next year, but maybe late next year. But again, that long a time frame can allow some bounces like what we're seeing here in the oil market, what we may be starting. And yet, we may by next year be looking back saying, by golly, it was working. That model was right. It just worked lower. But it may not go much lower than this. If we're going that, uh, you know, lower than that down to 45.40, I think that's for global recession. I don't think that shows up to the end of this decade okay near the end all right so yeah i, I do see some near-term upside but overall i see down into next year there's nothing exciting here for oil it's a trader's market not like a long-term investor type market and i don't think on the consumer side there's a reason to have long-term buy side hedges and load up 
Goldman Sachs Commodity Index, a basket, but this is the standard index, so it is weighted more towards the energy markets, and this is working very well for me. And maybe, this is a little too soon, I need to shove this back some, but maybe later this year puts in this LT2 and something wakes up next, next year. But um, you can see what I've drawn for this index. This is what I see all the way into next year, just trading in a range uh, like that. And there's a DBA, uh, Agricultural Commodity uh, Index Fund. And uh, granted, it can bounce this year. And we might even get some grain problems and crop problems and weather problems, climate problems this summer. But uh, I eventually just see it eroding yet again. And so it's had its best up move and eventually will be bearish, I think, on into next year. But again, this summer, some of these commodities could actually stage a sizable uh, up move here. But and from an inflation perspective, even though I think we're going to see inflation pick up a little bit going into summer, not back off as much as we'd like going into 2025, and uh, and then pick up maybe quite a bit later this decade. Same time, I'm not picking up any reason to be worried and buying commodities to hedge. You're better off making money out of the stock market or maybe playing with some bonds. And uh, and quite a you know what a year ago people were thinking Bitcoin was inflation hedge and then it kind of fell apart on them. But I don't know maybe that can be something. But there again, you're just trying to make money. If you can make money in some of the alternative stuff, maybe you can tell yourself you're really hedging. But uh, for inflation, but bottom line is just trade things and make money. Don't worry about the word hedging. Interest rates, I uh, caught this correct. Super cycle bottom caught it the very same month. And I said inflation probably is going to bottom super cycle wise. And it did. I was surprised at that. So it started up under Trump and Trump helped uh, create the super cycle bottom. However, it was Russia, Ukraine. It was greedy businesses and companies. It was a little too much money printed by the Fed and the Fed moving too slow on it. Uh, there's many other ideas to help really create this, and I don't think the Biden administration really created it, but um, you can argue that some things probably did trickle in, and you can argue that you maybe couldn't have stopped it soon enough, but I really don't think presidents and administrations can set up policies to really control inflation that much, really. It's just another component. So, yes, we can blame Biden for some of that. But uh, you can see it was going to occur no matter who was president. If uh, Biden was, came in when Trump was in, it was still would have bottomed for a super cycle, still would have had inflation. Trump would have come in under high inflation. Maybe he would have been able to do something policy-wise and temper it and have a, a bigger impact on some of these corporations. I, I would not rule that out. But you can see it's we, the people, and we, the business, along with some money printing in the Federal Reserve, those were the big factors. And then it got an extra boost uh, out of Russia, Ukraine, and Europe, and a few other things. At any rate, I do think the interest rates are moving lower because we're going to move uh, inflation lower. But I've now uh, raised this downside target in interest rates. And I am targeting the idea it's going to be very difficult to get inflation down to 2% and keep it there for a long time. And I really don't care anymore. It can bounce around 25 3%, 3.5% inflation. And these interest rates can stay right here for all I care for the rest of this decade. Because we're just getting back to normal interest rates of what we've had over the last 100, 200 years. 
and at least since the 1930s depression, more like 1950s, 1960s. And we're in that kind of scenario, an analog in 1950s, 1960s. So the bottom line is I don't think it's going lower as I would have thought, but I think there's a chance to be bearish. But I also think until the Fed actually lowers, there's a good chance interest rates will tick up on us some here and retrace some before going lower. I'm going to try to bet on a downside or upside of bonds sooner and downside interest rates sooner than that. But it is something to to consider, okay? Um, now, uh, later this decade, we'll get another run-up in interest rates. will probably tie in with the uh, the bonds uh, or uh, peak economy and peak stock market, and then we'll slam dunk interest rates for a recession near the end of the decade. But I think the days are over for a long, long time in terms of 1%, 0%, minus 1% interest rates. All right, next, um, this is the bond prices, and I think we're coming into uh, a level one bottom here, and I think we can take that out eventually and put bonds up here this year and on into next year. So it's basically just the opposite of the interest rate forecast, which makes sense. That's how it works, okay? But it's fascinating. Sometimes on a short-term basis, you get a little bit different clues working on prices instead of interest rates or interest rates instead of prices there. Um, so that's what I've got with that. I don't think there's much else to explain. Let me talk about... This is a soil chart. It looks different than this. I actually made this last year, didn't I? Maybe it was the start of this year, and it's backed off a little bit. But still looking for potential support in soil. I may have put in a major long-term top. I'm just telling you this. I'm looking for various clues where the commodity side of inflation can move versus how well is the economy, how well is demand uh, for commodities here. And... Uh, but I do think later on, soil will break away from soybean, do its own thing, and it will retrace. And I do think commodities will be cheap by the end of this decade just because the economy is going to slow down, have a recession. But I also think that uh, global trade, I use an index out of the Netherlands. It's two months behind, but I think it bottoms first half this year. I think it'll be swinging up latter half this year on into next year. I think it does better for the rest of this decade. So global trade is going to improve. And let me look at some other indicators I want to show you. Something else to consider. I used, I just showed you this earlier this morning for the weekly update in the stock market, economy, and bonds. But uh, it is something to uh, consider for anything and everything. This, uh, by the way, for those of you that watched the weekly uh, update and saw, you're going to find out I'm pretty much going over the same chart. So it's understandable if you want to quit here. All right. Uh, what we have is... Um, um, and did I show you weekly chart and bonds? Yeah. See, I, I really think on the bond side, by the way, I really think it's it's time for, uh, I, I see I see lower bond prices, April, May, lower interest rates. So I'm, I'm looking for a buy here, but I'm up against uh, a little surprise maybe in the opposite direction. I could get clipped a little bit going into March as they wait on the March 20th Federal Reserve uh, event there. But anyway, this is supportive of a uh, economy. few economic indicators, I think that's also supportive of economy. I don't know if global warming works with all these outside markets. You might say it's just a crude oil or a commodity index thing. But at any rate, uh, uh, look at what we've just recently seen here uh, for winter temperatures since 1960. Bizarre. It can get hotter into next century. It can get hotter into next decade. Then maybe back off a little bit before getting higher later. U.S. households and what they're spending, okay, and then uh, some of the share. And again, we're spending too much at the store, but the commodity producers are already being clipped and selling for too cheap, especially some of the grains. So it's the middlemen that are making the money here. 
but we need to work on that to keep inflation down. Okay, I didn't explain this well enough in the weekly update, and you might notice I stumbled all over myself on it. But really, I'm thinking that uh, what this is really telling there's a lot more countries that could have problems um, uh, dealing with China uh, and debt-wise uh, than us. And I'm not that worried, even though China's lightened up some of our uh, government debt, at least taken off the, the page here. But China does have economy issues that may linger for some time, and I think they've seen the best of how well they can grow their economy for a very long time, but they actually ought to improve and do a bit better. Fund managers, record short corn, and they've really beaten these grains up way, way too much, and yet there's no sign of a bottom. Everybody else hasn't countered it yet. I've been trying, but <laughs> it's not working that well. Uh, they've been very soft markets, but this could turn on a dime uh, this summer, and yes, it can have a little bit of an impact on the economy. More good positive uh, economy news. Hedge funds uh, moving out of tech stocks, but I think they're moving into other companies that could help improve the economy. And how does this all impact, you know, gold and crude oil and the dollar and things like that? There will be an impact, but right at the moment, I don't know if it's a major or minor. I'll just stick with my model forecast the way it's, I see everything coming in. I know how it's processed. It's coming out as an output. And I'm fine with it. A little bit of our social media monitoring here, modeling. This is more of kind of how we're developing this decade and a few other decades. But also we're heading into uh, an election year, so we know things like this are going to be discussed increasingly often here. Uh, they've already ramped up right after January 1. Uh, 1920s, I think we're in 1925, or a roaring 20s bull market here. Excellent productivity. AI is going to help make this boom. But what I want to point out on the commodity side, they didn't do very well that decade. Maybe cattle did the best of anything, and there was some slam dunk moves early in the decade, and maybe that's what we're going through right now over in the grain markets. And then they did improve by mid to late decade, but um, really overall a whole lot didn't happen, and that's what I'm wondering with crude oil and some of these other markets and gold. They may just not do a a whole bunch here uh, this decade, but uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm not seeing a reason to change my, my forecast uh, for these outside markets. And so, number of businesses to hike uh, prices, so we do have to be concerned about that. Do they deserve it? I will say the small businesses have been left behind, and about one-third of the Russell 2000, I have to double-check this, fact-check this, but I saw some analysis saying they're not making any money. Well, that's I think been the case for a very, very long time, and that's why the Russell 2000 has been rather profitable towards the end of a year to early next year, but really has just dragged its feet for the remainder of the year relative to S&P 500, NASDAQ, Dow Jones. But it can be quite explosive, nice little moneymaker, and it, it will move higher this year along with the rest of the markets, but um, it just seems like it's been so many years it deserves a big wake-up period, but I'm just not so sure we can get enough of those their act together and they are underappreciated. They've kind of been held back by Wall Street. Everybody wants the bigger name, big companies. That's what moves the economy, and the rest of us don't seem to matter.